Our second Bible reading this morning is taken from Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse 25, on to uh, chapter 6, verse 10. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This is God's word. Thank you, uh, Amanda, for reading God's word. Uh, we, we will pray and, uh, and ask God to help us uh, in his word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for uh, your word. We pray that you help us to understand it, but most of all, Lord, to put it into practice in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, good morning, and it's great once again for us to be able to open the word of God. And I pray this morning that we will study this word, but also apply it in our hearts and lives. And I was thinking about it this past week, actually, and praying for us as a congregation. And my prayer was this for you this past week, that we will have a hunger for God's word, a deep hunger for the word of God, and that this church will be rooted and grounded in God's word. So this morning, we're going to look at Galatians chapter 5, 25, verse 25 to chapter 6 and verse 2. So it's a small section of scripture, but it is a heavily loaded section as well. So please keep your Bibles open with me to uh, that chapter, which will be so good. Well, uh, this morning I want to speak on the topic, life in step with the spirit. And the question for us this morning is, how should we treat each other as Christians? How do we treat each other as Christians? How do we treat one another in this world, uh, let alone in our own families? How do we live our lives? So as we look at this text, we're going to look at firstly how to live by the Spirit and verse 25 in your Bibles. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit you see friends when we become christians when we believe in jesus christ as our savior the holy spirit indwells us is that correct yes 
the spirit of god comes and dwells in our lives it's a marvelous mysterious work of god that the spirit of god indwells every believer in the book of romans chapter 8 we know that the spirit of god uh, lives in god's people now the holy spirit also does an ongoing work of grace in the lives of those who have repented of their sin and trusted in jesus christ as their lord and savior the apostle paul has been speaking about the work of the spirit in the lives of the galatians in galatians chapter 3 he has highlighted the work of the holy spirit in the lives of the believers and now here in galatians chapter 5 we read of the fruit of the spirit in the lives of christians in the context we see that the holy spirit does not produce this fruit just for our private satisfaction and enjoyment wouldn't that be a good thing just for ourselves right so that i will have the fruit of the spirit for my own private satisfaction and fulfillment and happiness it doesn't he doesn't do that the work of the holy spirit while it is internal in nature it is exercised in the public arena of life and relationships it is exercised in the outworking of our relationships one with another you see hence the fruit of the spirit does not grow in isolation but functions within a community and within relationships it is one thing for us to say well you know what i have the fruit of the spirit but it is another thing to see it being displayed in our lives okay so just before that i just want to say this as well there's a room here available just this is not part of the sermon as part of the crash if you want to use it that's just outside here right so please feel free to do that and there's a tv there everything should be okay it's nice and warm no coffee there but it's all good um coming back here So imagine friends similarly the evidence of the work of the holy spirit is seen in the way we deal with one another in our relationships in the home uh, in the workplace in the church wherever and relationships are very much part of the fabric of our humanity we are relational beings because god has wired us this way just imagine what life would be like without friends without family without any relationships what would it be like imagine if one of us was locked up in a cell for years and years and years just by ourselves what would life be like we miserable right what would life be like without family and friends this morning i was on my walk and i met about eight people my neighbors they were all standing outside the water park and having a nice chat i know all of them and they were going out for a nice coffee and they said well chris do you like to join us for a coffee i said i'd love to but i have church this morning i have another family that i have to meet <laughs> uh, we had a good conversation there and a, a lovely bunch of people i love these people they're great they nice people to talk to you know 
And I thought, well, life is of relationships. How good is that to have family, friends, neighbors around us? But sadly, we know that our sin gets in the way of our relationships. We know that. We know that our sin can at times become a barrier in building strong relationships. And so how is this to be worked out in the context of the Holy Spirit in our lives? And so the Bible says this in Galatians 5.25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You see, this word means here, uh, to, to keep in step, let me explain it this way, is, is to proceed in a row as the march of a soldier goes in order. It is to, to walk, to walk straight, right? To walk in a clear way and a direct way. The word just used here is a military term. The idea here is to follow orders and to stay in formation, just like the army when they march as a battalion. They stay in formation. Now, I know that there are some people here who have served in the army, uh, perhaps not maybe in Australia and Singapore. I, mean, I know that for sure, right? And you know what I'm talking of this morning, right? To stay in formation, to stay in step with each other, with the commanding officer giving them the order. And as we apply this metaphor to us, it would mean that we don't run alone, but rather stay in formation together. There is no push and shoving in the ranks as we let the Holy Spirit keep us in line. And so to be led by the Holy Spirit is to keep on following the commanding officer's order. And so there are no pushing and shoving in the ranks. We are walking in one formation. And that is the picture that we have here. And so to be led by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, is to keep on growing the fruit of the Spirit. Look at Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, have a look at the Bibles, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Let me explain this very quickly and briefly. Love, the word that is used is agape. It's selfless and sacrificial affection. Joy, a delight in God. The opposite is having joy based only on circumstances. You know what that is like. Circumstances can change from one moment to another. Mood swings. Do we get mood swings? No? <laughs> right? Our moods can change like that. Okay? It doesn't take much to change the mood. Right? You can change the mood in a room by some comment you make and everything changes just like that. There can be a dynamic conversation going on in the room. You come in there, you say a word, the mood goes from there. Right? Just down. <laughs> okay? Um, peace. Peace in, in God, it replaces anxiety and worry. Forbearance of its patience to face life without blowing up and resentment, it's long-suffering. Kindness is serving others in practical ways. Goodness, a willingness to be generous. Faithfulness, loyal, reliable, and true, and dependable. Gentleness, humble, it is power under control. It is mild, not weak, and self-control, not impulsive or uncontrolled. Notice that it is the fruit of 
the spirit that we have here. The fruit of the spirit is the outward expression of the inner nature and working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, friends, some would argue this. Some would say this, right? That people have the capacity of being kind, gentle, and the like by their natural temperaments. And hence, one does not have to be a Christian to show love, patience, kindness, and the like. That's the argument. And so we can easily confuse natural temperament to the fruit of the Spirit. There are some who have told me that their non-Christian friends are more understanding and loving than their Christian friends. Have you heard that? Right? I have a neighbor across the road. One day, my car didn't start. And Sean had an exam. For some reason, the battery was absolutely flat. You know, just at the most critical time, your batteries go flat. <laughs> and I called this guy, and we couldn't start the car. He said, Chris, here's the key of my Toyota Prado. Nice big beast. Take it. Take your son to school, drop him off, and bring him back. Bring the car back. How good is that? The other day, I had to get something from Harvey Normans. Couldn't get it because I couldn't put it in my car. Chris, I'll help you. Let's go. You see what I mean? Now, he's not a Christian guy. I've had many coffees with him. I hope by God's grace, I'll be able to continue to share the gospel with him. What, a, what, a, what is the difference? I, I think it is this friend. So what's the difference between my non-Christian friend in our context, who is really nice, caring, loving, so generous, as opposed to my Christian friends who are supposed to have the fruit of the Spirit and shows exactly the opposite. <laughs> you see how confusing that is? Right? I think the problem is this, isn't it? I think that the problem is our expectations. We expect Christians to behave this way, right? We expect, you expect me to behave in this way. And if I don't, my goodness, I'm a most terrible guy. Because you're supposed to be the pastor. You're supposed to have everything absolutely perfect. I'm supposed to be the supra-righteous guy here. You know, never, no faults, nothing. Say yes to that, please. No. <laughs> of course not. Right? You know what I mean? So we have this expectation. So I would expect a Christian to behave like this, A, B, C, D. And when they don't, I'm like confused. And so when we look at our non-Christian friends and they're displaying all of these wonderful things, I think, man, who do I select? And so it's a massive thing for young people as well today because our Christian friends can be so judgmental, correct? We are the most, sometimes the most critical people under the sun because our expectations are so high that we expect everybody to be righteous and sinless. And that is a challenge. It is a real challenge. So what do we say? Is, is, there, is there a problem here? This, it, what do we say about confusing natural temperaments of love, gentleness, and the like with the fruit of the Spirit? Is there a difference? Friends, if our non-Christian friends are showing the temperaments of love and gentleness and care and all of those things, how much more should we, as God's people, display the fruit of the Spirit? Yeah? You see what I'm saying? There is a difference, friends. The answer is yes. 
our non-Christian friends do not have the Spirit of God dwelling in them, whereas the Christian does. And I think that's where the problem is, isn't it? And we need to see the distinction. But we also need to bring down the expectations and see God's fruit displayed in our lives and in our relationships. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse 4. So, uh, it says this, No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You see, the mistake that we can make is to think that we can manufacture the fruit of the Spirit. That we can simply manufacture love, joy, peace, and all of these things. But the point is, fruit cannot be manufactured. All right? Now, we see factories manufacturing lots of things in this world, don't we? Shirts, you, you, you name it, whatever we can manufacture. But as far as I know, there is no factory in the world that manufactures fruit. <laughs> is there any factory that manufactures fruit? I've not come across it. Okay? Similarly, spiritual fruit comes supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit. It comes supernaturally when we remain in the life of the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at the text there. No branch can bear, what is it? Fruit by itself. It must remain. You've got to remain in Jesus. And so what does that look like, friends, to remain in Jesus? The, the word that is used there in the Greek is the word meno, which means to abide. Right? It means to stay connected to. It means that we are dependent on Jesus to allow his life to flow through us. The branch is an extension of the vine. To remain in Christ is an seeking after Jesus with our heart. It is staying in contact with him. It is coming to Jesus. It is reading the word. It is coming to him in prayer. It is coming to him in repentance and praying to the, to, to the Lord that the Spirit will bear fruit in your life. That's what it is. And thankfully, friends, this morning, Let's be reminded that we have access to supernatural power in Christ to create love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Am I always patient? Uh, my family will tell you that. Ask them after the service, right? No comments, please, to members of the Sirivera household here. Yeah? <laughs> Am I always loving? Am I always kind? Am I always gentle? I mean, I ask, am I? I'm asking you to ask yourselves as well, okay? No, I'm not. Clearly I'm not. So how am I to exercise the fruit of the Spirit? I'm so, I must then come back to Christ. I must say, Lord, work in my heart in such a way that I'll be able to display this fruit. When I'm impatient, help me to be patient. When I'm out of control, help me to be in control. When I'm not gentle, help me to be gentle. You see, apart from Jesus, I can't bear fruit. And we know that fruit grows. So I encourage you this morning to stay connected 
to Christ. And as we do so, he will change and transform your life and your relationships. <laughs> and how much we need that, right? You think it's hard? Hard work with relationships? Hmm? Is it hard work? Right? It is easy to get on with people that we get along with, right? What happens when we can't get along with people? Where's the fruit of the Spirit? It's gone. The fruit has fallen down and gone and disappeared somewhere in the drain. You see what I'm saying? It's hard work. People who say our relationships, how oh, they work easy. Nonsense, it doesn't. It takes time. It takes effort. Ask a husband and wife in their married lives. It takes time and effort, right? Ask, the, ask parents and children here this morning. It takes time and effort to put love and effort into our kids. All parents, you'll say yes with me, right? Kids don't have a clue about these things. No, they do. Of course they do, right? You see what I'm saying? Right? So it takes time. It takes effort. What about life in the church? It takes time and effort to show the fruit of the Spirit. 200 people here, each one of us have got our own weaknesses. We can all fight and devour each other. Is that the way? No. It doesn't work. The fruit of the Spirit. Pray for the fruit of the Spirit in the family of the church, please. You know, because Satan can get in there and destroy it. So, one writer puts it this way. The more we keep in step with the Holy Spirit... Through the word, sacraments, and prayer, the more fruitful we become. And then, verse 26, how not to treat each other. Have a look at that. Okay? Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, and envying one another. Have a look at that, friends. Conceit. You know this word conceit at its core, the Greek word at its core, it means this. It means glorifying without reason. It means vain glory. It means eager for empty glory. Conceited. It is vain glory where we see ourselves better than others. It is a honor hunger for our own glory. It is therefore having a need to prove our worth to others and also to ourselves where we think that we are better than others and seek to be patronizing in our relationships where we don't talk face to face to one another but we talk down. You see, there's a difference, isn't it? When you talk to each other and there's a difference when you talk down. And that doesn't take much to do that, to talk down to people because we want to see that we are better. You see, and we're egotistically driven. The other one is to provoke. Now, conceit is not a fruit of the Spirit. Provoking. Then we see mentioned here this word provoking. That is to call forth, to irritate, to challenge someone to a contest. Do you have sometimes that people who can irritate you? Never? Honestly, come on. Right? <laughs> right? We get irritated, isn't it? That's, oh, you open your mouth, you irritate me. Man. This is, this is the word that has been used here. You see, irritate. It is, it is challenging someone to a contest to make ourselves superior to others. And so we always want to challenge. We always want to irritate. Some people have got the gift of irritation. No, there is no such gift. Don't go and say that Chris said there is a gift of irritation. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> 
You see what I mean? Like irritate. You're in the workplace, your boss. Oh man, you start Monday morning, you had a great weekend. Monday morning, nine o'clock, you're in the office and he makes a comment and irritates you. Someone I met last week from this church remained nameless. Oh, I said, how was your day this, uh, today, man? Oh, he said, my, I was so irritated with my boss this morning. I did all this work and he said, look, go and do some more. <laughs> Irritating. You see, provoking, irritating, challenging. This is not the way we have to treat one another. Provoking is not a fruit of the spirit. Envy. The other is envy. Envy essentially wants something that belongs to someone else. We can envy someone's position, gifts, looks. We can envy someone's looks. Or maybe we don't. I don't know. And the list goes on. And the challenge to overcoming envy is to stop comparing ourselves with others. I don't need to compare myself with someone who's got more hair than me. It doesn't work. Actually, I went for a haircut. I'll tell you this very quickly. I went for a haircut this past week. I called the guy and said, how much is the haircut, friend? Oh, it's X number of dollars. I said, I don't have so much hair. You don't need to get so much. <laughs> the Chinese guy, by the way. <laughs> I said, can we negotiate? A typical Sri Lankan, you know, negotiating the price for a haircut. Anyway, I went to him and he gave me a reasonably good deal. And I said, see, there's nothing much to cut. Within five minutes, you're finished. Envy. In a sense, you know, envy is comparing, is the root of all envy. It's comparing is what is the issue here. So life led by the Spirit will not be envying will not be provoking, will not be conceited. Life led by the Spirit will help in our relationships, even though it is tough going. It will be hard. It will take effort. It will take time. It will put energy. It will be exhausting. Sometimes it will be mentally devastating. But it takes all that effort to make things happen. And that wouldn't happen without the work of the Spirit. And so this morning, I was going to do others as well, but we'll stop there for the moment. I'll come back next week, okay? The point I want to say is, how is the spirit? So read this section because, you see, I've already done my work for next Sunday. That's good, isn't it? So think about it, friends. Ask yourself this morning, and let me ask myself this morning, how can I live by the spirit? What... Will life in the spirit, in step with the spirit, mean for you this week? Am I going to be conceited? Am I going to be provoking? Am I going to be envying? Or am I going to stay connected to Jesus Christ so that the fruit of the spirit will come and be evident in my life? The way I talk to each other, the way I relate to one another, the way I work in my home, in my family, in my work situation, that the fruit of the Spirit will come through in our lives. And so, stay connected to this Jesus, because he's the one who will help us in this way. Will it mean, my friends, this morning, that by the power of the Spirit, we will display this fruit, right? And it will be a good exercise to examine ourselves to see if the fruit of the Spirit is growing in our lives by the way we talk, by the way we relate. Perhaps there is someone here this morning where 
a relationship, or I don't know, has gone sour and it's gone bitter and it's gone wild. It happens in life. Maybe God's saying to you, get that right. Maybe might be the, I have to take the first step. And taking the first step, is it easy? It's never easy. Never easy. But as we do so, God will bless us. You know what I mean? Because he's in charge. And his fruit will be evident the way we live. And what a blessing to have and to be led by the Spirit of God. You think that in your life. Yes? Would you rather let the Spirit of God lead you or my own selfish sinfulness? What would you want? (laughs) The Spirit to move. So may God bless us. Come prepared because next week we're going to look at what it means to care for each other as well. How how to care for each other and how to deal with somebody who has sinned as, as a brother or sister in Christ. A very important topic, by the way. So come prepared next week as well. All right? And we'll close in prayer this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the work of your spirit in our lives. I want to pray this morning for brothers and sisters in Christ, dear Lord, that you would help us to be led by the spirit. We pray that the spirit of God will work his way in our lives, in our conversations, in our conduct, and in our relationships. May this week be a week where we will remember these words, Pray for the fruit of the Spirit to be evident in our lives and that we will submit to you. That we will remain in Jesus Christ. That we will abide in Christ. Lord, I bring your precious people to you whom you love and we love and together build us up in you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.